We've been talking about beyond these walls, and uh, we talked about good friends. We talked about this means war and standing, right, with the full armor of God on. And now we're going to just talk about how blessed we are. And we can stand and fight because God's given us everything we need, and he's given us so much more than just the armor. He's given us life. And these songs we just sang are just so powerful. I mean, they're, just, they're not just words, you know? They're not just words on a page. These are like truth from heaven, you know, from our heart back to God, saying, God, we, we, realized, we realized that you have blessed us, and we are not going to be among those who take that for granted. We're not going to be among those who, who call your gifts the blessing. You, God, are the blessing. The giver of the gifts, right? And so that's what we're going to focus on. And I hope as we move through these weeks that you will really understand why we're blessed and why we come here today, why we come on this day to, to remind ourselves, to remind each other, to celebrate the fact that we are blessed. We are blessed beyond any other people on the planet. So it's a thankful time of the season, right? I mean, that's what this time of the year is. Thanksgiving is a time that we give thanks, right? That's why it's called that, right? It's to remind us how blessed we are. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, It's a celebration, not just here among us, but it's a nation celebration and even a world celebration. But we give thanks primarily because uh, in the back in the day, because it was the harvest time, right? It was in the fall, the harvest came in and it was a reminder that God is the giver of everything. and, And so we celebrate that as a nation, Thanksgiving, to say thanks to God, even though many have forgotten where the gifts have come from. But we know, right, we know that this time, this Thanksgiving is about what God has done for all of us, right? It's this provision of God that we are thankful for. And uh, so this, this holiday is rooted, deeply rooted in our faith. This is not just a holiday for, the, for America. This is rooted in Christianity and biblical terms and biblical history. Right, this idea of giving thanks to God. God's the one who, who started it, right? He's the giver of all things, and he's the one who called his people to give thanks. And so we all, you know, we take the day off, right? Everybody gets the day off, or most people get the day off. Isn't that awesome? That, that we take the day off and we celebrate. You know, everyone celebrates. And I think it's, it's nice that the atheists take the day off and they celebrate with us. Right? <laughs> They give thanks for the gifts, even though they don't care about the giver, right? But we know, we know the giver is the focus, not the gift. The gifts are just things that we have that God blesses us with, but it's the giver that we celebrate to be blessed, really blessed, and to know why we're blessed is why uh, we're going to talk about this. And I hope, I hope it sinks in deep. Levit- Leviticus chapter 23, we, we read about these celebrations, right, that God instituted this whole idea of celebrating. And uh, throughout the calendar year of the Israelites, there were seven celebrations that God made sure that they put on their calendar, three in the spring, one in the summer, and then three in the fall. All of them to remind the Israelites that God is the one who gives the gifts, that God is the one who blesses. And those were the holidays, right? Now we have our calendar full of all kinds of holidays. Some of them are about what God has done, and some of them have nothing to do with God. 
But you know what the greatest celebration, the greatest holiday that we celebrate as believers is, is this. When we, when we come in here every week and we remember what Christ has done for us, right? That he sacrificed his life, that we would have eternal life, that we would have forgiveness and hope and grace and all the things that, that the world cannot give you. Right? You can't go to a doctor and get grace. You can't go somewhere and, and get the riches of heaven. There's nowhere on the planet you can go and get these things or buy these things or earn these things or work for them or anything. God is the one who gives them. And we come here every week because we want to say, God, we know that. And we give you the honor and you the praise. And we're not going to give our, our worship or our allegiance to anything else. God, but you, because you're the one who gives. And so in Leviticus, we see these celebrations, right? And they all tie directly into Jesus, the Messiah, the coming one, right? The, the Sabbath and the rest and the salvation and the deliverance and the healing. All of these things that we see in these celebrations. There they are. They're listed for you. Maybe you can see them, maybe not. Um, the, the Passover feast, right? And we know what that was about. Egypt and the deliverance and the blood and the sacrifice all to remind us about the salvation feast. That when we celebrate what God did in, in the Passover, we are celebrating that he sent his son to deliver us from sin, from bondage. We're free. We're delivered, just like Moses delivered the, the uh, Israelites out of Egypt. God has delivered us out of a dark, evil world, right? And then there's the unleavened bread feast, right? The feast that, that they were to remove all the yeast from the dough to remind them that there should be no sin among us in our own lives, right? That we remove, that we live lives each day to resist the devil, the evil one. And we live, God has called us to live holy lives to him. Right? And it's a feast. It's a celebration. And most of these went from one Sabbath to the other Sabbath, like a whole week long party in Jesus, like a party in God that they were celebrating all that God had done for them in the past. And there's the yeast of the first fruits, right? That's the, the first harvest time where they took the first, they took the best, and they gave it back to God as a wave offering to God to say, God, it's, uh, it's harvest time and we celebrate our dependency on you. And we are going to let the world know it. That our blessedness is because of what you have done. Not because of what anyone else has done. Right? And Jesus, in, in the first fruits, we celebrate that Jesus is the first one from the resurrection. And that we will all rise who put our faith and our trust and our hope in him. I mean, that's a celebration, right? That's a party. I mean, that's what, we're, what, that's what all these celebrations are about, focusing our attention on what God has done. And then we get to May and June where they celebrated the Feast of Weeks, which was also known as the Pentecost or, or the giving, the, the, the remembrance and the celebration that God is the one who gives. And we have this great, deep gratitude to God who sends us food who sends us water, who cares for us and provides for us, just like in Acts 2, he sent the Holy Spirit to fill us and to, to guide us and to protect us and to be our counselor, to be God's presence in you. 
And so the feast was about what Jesus and the Holy Spirit was going to do. These are celebrations that matter to God because they're celebrations of what God has done. Not of what we get or what we got or what we can buy or what we can give to other people. These are all focused on what God has done. And the Feast of the Trumpets was the feast that began with a loud trumpet blast, right? It was to let all of the people know in this trumpet blast, indicating that the time of planting and harvesting was now over, and they were moving as a people, Israel, into this sacred time of, of remembering God, of the sacred time. And the blast reminds us that one day in the future, some Someday soon, sooner than we probably think, there's going to be another trumpet blast. And Jesus is going to return. And time as we know it will be no more. And the feast, thousands of years ago, was to help us remember, always remember that a day is coming in our future when Christ will return. And we celebrate that. We celebrate that blast of trumpet. In the fall, they also celebrated the Day of Atonement, right? The day of, of this at one mint, where we were made right, where the priest, the high priest, went into the Holy of Holies with all the sins of the people, and he offered those all to God with sacrifices and blood and all kinds of offerings so that people would be right with God. This Day of Atonement feast that we celebrate, that God forgives our sin, that Jesus has come and his blood covers all our sin. We are made one with him, right? The atonement is for you and it's for me. Sins removed. And then there was the Feast of Tabernacle, right? And that was when offerings were made to God and they built these temporary shelters, kind of like the people did over there at uh, Chick-fil-A. Did you guys see all that? <laughs> see all the tents at Chick-fil-A? I mean, is that nuts? Is that just crazy? Free Chick-fil-A for a year. Okay, get a, what, a sandwich a week for a, a meal. Every day? 50 meals for the next year. Boom, we're going to camp out. <laughs> Is that nuts? These people are crazy. They were having a party over there, though. We probably should have went, just joined in. I did notice, though, Trish and I drove by in the morning, and, and there, was a, there were more than 50 people in line. <laughs> Oh, so the first hundred, okay, the first hundred. So maybe there were a hundred, I don't know. Somebody, somebody, you know, who's, yeah, number one, 101, sorry, dude. <laughs> Hate to be that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're hoping somebody might cut out, because everyone's going, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> The Feast of Tabernacles. So they built these little shelters, right? And, and, and God brought that God brought them from, and they were a reminder that God had brought them from the desert to the promised land, right? And that time of, of wandering in the wilderness was this, this time where God worked on his people and prepared them for the promised land. Just like we are sojourners on this earth, wandering through this earth, it is not our home, right? This world is not our home, and these feasts were to remind God's people that this world is not your home, and the promised land that they entered into was not their home either, even though it was the promised land. But we're looking forward to another promised land, right? A better promised land, one that's eternal, 
One that is where there's no more crying and no more pain and no more suffering and no more sin and no more sickness or abuse or all the dark evil of this world deeply rooted attacking people. There's none of that there. That's the promised land that we're looking for. No more wandering, but we're waiting on that day. And so all of these celebrations, each one of them reflect and remember that God protects his people and God provides for his people. That's something worth celebrating, is it not? That's why we're blessed, because of God, because great things he has done. Each of these rooted directly in the working and the moving hand of God with his people, not a God who's, so, who's far off, just telling his people to figure it out, but a God who is near, who loves us so much that he'll walk with you and talk with you and, and be involved in our lives. A real God who created everything. And these celebrations were to remind the Israelites that the God of all creation walked with them and protected them and and used the things of this world to, to bless them. And these things also were a celebration and each fulfilled and were made alive spiritually in Jesus. All of the celebrations of the Old Testament that God worked through his people, that he called them to remember, were all arrows pointing to Christ. That we now have the fulfillment of what Christ has done. We're on the other side of that, right? So we know the blessings of God in his people. They're to remind us that every good and perfect gift is from above. That's that's why we're blessed. That's why we are blessed. We are blessed. I mean, we're blessed because of the God we we love and we serve who loves you, right? He loves you. And and today we're here and we're just like, you know, we just ran the the weeks-long race, you know, and we're all scattered and running and taking care of schedules and fixing flat tires and putting counters in our kitchens and and we're all doing all these different things, right? Stuffing shoeboxes, you know, going to doctor's appointments, having pins stuck in your toe, you know, just normal things. <laughs> right? But we come in here and we can just like take a deep breath and just remember how blessed we are. And just remember that the blessing isn't all the stuff we, we chase after. The blessings are not the things that the world say are blessings. We know that the blessing is in knowing Jesus. Because this world has distorted this whole idea of being blessed. This world, you know, the devil is really good at hijacking God's truth and the good things that God creates, isn't it? I mean, this world has messed up the blessings of God, right? That God takes gives us good and perfect things, and the devil takes those good and perfect things and he makes them evil things. And we should never surrender to that. You know, the, the, the devil has distorted this whole idea of being blessed. And, and you've probably seen this in the world, right? The devil likes to take money and he takes objects and he takes things and he takes the stuff and even the romance of the world and the, the things of this world, and he distorts them by getting people to focus on the things rather on the one who gives the things. 
Right? That's what the devil does. He wants to like cut off our vision from looking up and just look at what we have and feel blessed because of what you have. Don't think about where these things came from. Just know that you're blessed. Look at all that you have. And secular artists jump into this, right? This, this material train wreck that the world is throwing at us and your kids and, and people. You know, the, you, just, you don't have to listen to too many songs to, to see how the world is singing about the stuff and how materialism and worldliness is, is the complete focus of their lives. And it should be of your life as well. Right? That's what the world would like to sell us. That the stuff is what it's all about. Don't look any further than that. Right? And, and you don't have to look lo- lo- too far or listen too long to catch this. Right? Let, me, let me throw out a couple song titles. You might recognize these. You're sexy and you know it. Right? How about I like big, you know, beep. Uh, MC Hammer saying you can't touch this. And uh, Shake Your Money Maker, somebody sang about all that. And uh, Material Girl by Madonna. That's just a few. I mean, the artists just keep throwing this stuff at us. This, This junk of the world. Focus your eyes on the stuff. Get your mind on the glittering stuff of the world. That's what the devil would love for you to do. Right? Distorting this whole idea of what it means to be blessed. Right? Because from our roots from the history of the creation of the world, the blessings have come from God, always. But the world, the the evil one, would like to sidetrack us. Romans chapter 1, Paul nailed it on the head when he said this, the wrath of God, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. All right, does that not describe the world we live in right there? I mean, people who have every opportunity like we do to give thanks to the giver and to acknowledge the creator and to line their lives up under him have chosen by choice, decision, and will of heart to not. They have said, we don't care about the Creator. We're doing this thing our way. And we're going to take as many people with us as we can in a rebellion against God, right? Verse 22, although they claim to be wise, in God's eyes, they became fools, right? Isn't that right? Isn't that the wisdom of the world, right? We know what you need. That's what the world is trying to tell all of us. We know what you need. What you need is pleasure. What you need is the next fix. What you need is just to get through the day. What you need is just something to make you feel better. What you need is just some things right here. Just look around. we got a whole pot of stuff, a table full, a room full, a whole nation full. You just take your pick. Just don't look up. Don't look to the giver. Just look at what we have. And they claim to be wise, but they become fools. Verse 23, and exchanged. That's the word. That's the worst word. word. They have exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images to made to look like mortal man, being uh, mortal man, mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles, distorting the truth and exchanging a truth for a lie. That's what the world has done. 
That's what the evil one has done. He's distorted this whole idea about being blessed. And Hillsong got it right in one of their songs. There's so many awesome worship songs when they said, so blessed, I can't contain it so much. I've got to give it away. Lord, you're more than enough for me. See, that's the truth. Right? God just keeps pouring out his blessings in our lives and they should never stop there. They should never stop at us. They should always flow through us and bless everyone around us. Right? Because they're more than enough. God gives us more than enough. But the, the evil one, the devil, would like us to disassociate the gift from the giver. That's his goal. It's just forget about the giver. Just be grateful for the gift. Let's celebrate the gift. Let's give lots of gifts to each other. We'll call it Christmas. You know, we'll, we'll distort that too. We'll take what that really means and we'll make it mean what we want it to mean and everyone will buy into it and give their money and get credit cards and go in debt and they'll all, like, forget about the giver. And the world just follows that. You know, he'd like us to, to put our focus on the things He'd like us to put our faith and our trust in the blessings, the temporary, the perishing. But you and I, we know better, right? We've put on the full armor of God. We've put on the full armor of God, so we're surrounded in the truth, and we know what is important. And our job is to fight, not the battles of the world, but to fight to stay where? In the presence of God. Right? And as long as we are fighting to stay in the presence of God and hold on to him and fight to stay right there with him, the battle belongs to him. He will fight the battle. He'll show us what he needs us to do. We'll do what he needs us to do, but we'll stay close to him and we won't turn away from him because he is our solid rock and in him we will take our stand and outside of him we will fall. We will fall. We'll follow the crowd. We'll just wander away. We'll be led astray by the deep, dark desires of the evil one to distort what it means to be blessed. Right? That's what his job. That's what he's doing. And so we, we give thanks, right? We do give thanks for our gifts. We give thanks for the turkey that we're going to, you know, come around on Thanksgiving Day and all the blessings that God has given us. We do give God thanks for those things. But we will worship and we will praise and we will give ultimate honor to the one who gives the gifts. Right? That's what we'll do. We'll make that conscious decision that that's who I am and that's what I will do. And, and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do. It doesn't matter what the world is doing. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter how glamorous the world makes other things look. We will worship the Lord. We'll follow him because this world is temporary and I am blessed because of God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says this. Praise, Paul writes, he says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. See, the blessings have never been about the things. The blessings have always been about the presence of God, the spiritual blessings of God in heavenly realms, that God is with us, a God that we feel and we sense and we see his hand at work, but we don't see him, a spiritual God who loves you, who created us. He wants to walk with you every day. You know, that's where we're most blessed. So don't be tricked, right? Don't be tricked by the world and the evilness of the world. A very profound little person once said to me, only a turkey worships a turkey. <laughs> only a turkey worships a turkey. 
The psalmist said this, verse chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, Blessed is the one, blessed, happy is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in the season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Why? Because they are so connected to God and they know that the blessings come from God that he is the, the, the source of my power, he is the truth of my life, and he is the one I will follow, no matter what. No matter what blessings the world calls blessings or not. We are so blessed when we walk with the world, or when we walk with the Lord. The word, the very word blessing means, uh, or when in reference to God, it means praise or means applause when in reference to God, as in like, blessed be Yahweh, praise be to Yahweh. But in reference to us, in reference to people, the word has this meaning of happy or favored. Happy. Happy is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked. Or, or favored is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, right? We are not just blessed, but we are better off for it, right? And we're, we're favored by God in it because when we walk in his ways, we put ourselves in his path. And there's no better path to be in. Jesus kind of described what it means to be blessed. I want to kind of close with this last passage out of Matthew 5. You might want to turn there, Matthew 5. And uh, Luke 6 also touches on this passage um, when Jesus talks about what it means to be blessed. And he gives us several things here, nine simple truths about being blessed. And note, note as we read through these what God calls blessed. Note what God calls blessed. And in the back of your mind, compare that to what the world calls blessed. Okay, notice this. In verse 1, uh, it says this. Now when Jesus saw the crowds in Matthew 5, Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach. And this is what he said. Nine truths about being blessed. Blessed or happy are the poor in spirit. Right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. That is, those who recognize their need for God. Blessed are those who understand that they are bankrupt spiritually without God. We are bankrupt without him. We are like in poverty without God. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He says, blessed are those who mourn or those who weep, not just weep, but are concerned about evil and sin in the world, and they're concerned about the sin that separates man from God. Blessed are those who weep for things that matter. Those who weep for the salvation of souls. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. He says, blessed are the meek, right? Blessed are those who are humble and gentle, for they will inherit the earth. This is a weird one for me, because why do I want to inherit the earth? But he's not talking about an eternal, the eternal life. He's talking about the, the created earth, the created rule of God. Blessed are those who are meek and humble and gentle. They will rule as God created us in him. To rule the earth in the beginning of time. Blessed are those. 
He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, right? For spiritual bread and living water because, or, and of righteousness, he says, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, right? Those who show pity, right? Those who, like the good Samaritan, see needs of people around them and do something about it. Blessed are those who give away. Blessed are those who who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, right? Those who are God-focused, God-centered to the core, right? At the very seat of our affections that we are pure, God-pure in our heart, that what we want is what we think and believe God wants, not what the world wants, not what we want. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? Those who are peaceable, people who connect people. Blessed are those who bring people together, for they will be called children of God. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In verse 11 and 12, he says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you falsely and say all kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus. Rejoice, he says, and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed. If you, if you looked at those nine truths, not one of them had anything to do with what the world calls blessed. Not one of them. Not one. Every one of them have to do with giving ourselves away that God could use us to bring another soul to him. That's what they're about. And if you flip over to Luke, Luke 6, Luke kind of hits on some of these, four of the blessings Luke touches on in his gospel because, because uh, Matthew hit on all of the speech so well. Luke includes four of these, and he goes on to say, whoa, uh, he gives us a few woes that, that fit in so well with this idea of blessed. And the world wants to distort it, but God wants us to live a blessed life. But a, a, but a truly blessed life in him, in, in his truth. So here's what Luke says. Luke says, looking at his disciples, Jesus said, happy or blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. He said, blessed are you who hunger now, for you'll be satisfied. He says, blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And he says, blessed are you when people hate you, when, you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject you your name as evil because of the Son of God or the Son of Man. He says in verse 23, rejoice when these things happen, right? Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward where? Not on this earth, not in the things that the world says are blessings, but in the blessings that God calls blessings. Your reward is in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets, he says. So we see this like this now and later principle, right? If you try to save your life now, you will lose it later. If you surrender your life and give it away, your life will be secure in Christ. Right? It's a now or later life we get to choose. Are we going for the blessings now and we're going to forfeit our eternal soul? Or are we going to surrender our lives to Christ now and give it away? Because we know it's all going to perish anyway. And we're going to put our faith and our trust in eternity. And Luke adds these woes. Now, woe means grief or sorrow. 
Right? Sorrow to those or, or grief to those. Look what he says. It's a warning to be careful that you're not trading your soul for the treasures of this world. He says, verse 24, Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, but you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. For that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. And we all say, wow. Because all of us fit into most of those, right? Three of the four fit me like really well. I mean, compared to people that I've seen in Haiti and Mexico, I'm rich. I eat. I don't miss a meal, really. Most of us don't, right? The only thing I don't have going for me is people speaking well of me. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I hit the other three. <laughs> All nine blessings have nothing to do with money, riches, fame, fortune, or the stuff of this world. None of it. None of it. None of it. None of it. Come on, David. Knowledge. This is the truth right here. Knowledge of the true blessing of God. When we understand what true blessing is, what it means to be blessed in God, what that does is that makes you a huge blessing for God, right? That's what that does. When we understand that, that the blessing isn't in the things we have, but the blessing is in the one who gives us all things, every perfect gift, that he is the one that I am blessed in most, then we become useful to him. Otherwise, our focus is on us. Right? It's on the blessings we have and we try to like, keep them to ourselves. We hoard them. And when we realize that what we have is because of God and everything I have is a tool for God to be used however he wants, then I become useful to him. A huge blessing for God and to God. Jesus continued in that Matthew 5 passage and he said this, You are the salt of the earth. Right? Believers, those of you who understand what it means to truly be blessed in God, you're the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. The hope of the planet is in you. Because God is alive and working in you. And because you are blessed in him. And you understand that. God has opened your eyes to that truth. And because of that, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And if you fail to remember that, you lose your saltiness and you no longer are the light. You are just like the rest of the dark world who thinks they're walking in the blessings when they have neglected the giver of every good and perfect blessing. When we fulfill the light and the salt and the true blessing of God, you know, when we begin to fulfill that, when we give thanks, not just for the gifts, but to the giver of every gift, then we become truly blessed in God. And I hope that as we move through Thanksgiving this, this week, and as we approach Christmas, the birth of Christ, that this idea of, of how blessed we are will just, will just lift us up out of whatever the world has dragged us into. And we'll truly realize how blessed we are in Christ. Blessed beyond our imagination. Blessed beyond what we think we're blessed, right, with physical stuff. God will lift us to another level of, of, of inner strength and peace and encouragement in him, right? Stuff that the world can't give you. Nothing can, can, can give you that but God. To him be the glory, right? To him be the glory. Great things he has done.
Amen? Blessed. We are. We are blessed. We are so blessed. And this morning, we're going we're gonna to close with this song. And, and um, our elders want to let you know, uh, our elders are always here for you. Um, I'm always here. If you need someone to pray with, someone to talk to, we are always here. If you want, need to make a decision, you want to talk about joining this church, you need to be immersed into Christ, be baptized, and give your life to Christ in that way. Whatever step you, God's dealing with you in your life, you want to be involved in the church and you just want to figure out how the best way to do that is, come and talk to us. We're here for you. We're here to talk with you. We have a great group of guys who care. They're not here to play church. They're here to change lives. You know, because that's what God wants, to change lives so that we get our, our head on straight and understand where the blessings truly come from. Father, I pray you'll just speak to our hearts as we make decisions, as we think about our life, as we evaluate what you're doing and what we need to do. God, as we sing this song of praise that you have given all that you are for us, God, help us, help us to, to let that truth change us from the inside out. Love you so much. We give you thanks, Lord. You are the giver of all good things, and we love you. In Jesus' name.